You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in again. It's Thursday, July the 29th. I join you again from a rather grey and overcast and somewhat cool media city in Salford. But I'm trying to have eyes everywhere this week and I've certainly been absorbed by all the action from Glorious Goodwood as much as I have the Olympic Equestrian events that I'm up here covering for the BBC. Day three today of the Qatar Goodwood Festival then and it'll do well to better the second day which saw a sparkling performance from Alcohol Free, Defeating Poetic Flair and Snow Lantern. Much to talk about in this morning's show, but we will start with yesterday's Sussex Stakes and what it might tell us about how good these horses are and what they might do in the future. Lydia Hislop is with me. Lydia, I rather got the feeling that I was coming too late to the Alcohol Free party. Well, she was already a dual Group 1 winner. She'd won the Sheafley Park as a two-year-old and the, and the Coronation Stakes. And given that the, the tactics were enforcedly changed because of the way that she bounced out in the Falmouth, you, know, you could have an open mind about whether she or Snow Lantern was the superior filly going into this race um, yesterday. Uh, I think that alcohol-free now has a couple of decisive verdicts over Snow Lantern. Richard Hannon on the third place filly saying that he's going to be heading up into it. But excitingly... Andrew Boarding declaring the same thing afterwards as well. Yes, that was the lovely surprise, wasn't it, when Andrew Boarding said he'd left her in the Judmont International and that's where that's where he was minded to go. And it, rather than sort of celebrating that, it seemed to leave most commentators open-mouthed saying it, she'd be much better suited to a, to a mile. I know, I don't get that at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe, in which case she can go back to a mile, but why not, you know, celebrate their their enterprise? I think that's great. I mean, interestingly, going into yesterday, she had entries from six furlongs to that extended 10 furlongs. She's in the Spring Cup as well. Um, so that clearly Connections felt that she is capable of doing a variety of things. They're now leaning towards the a mile and upper end of a mile. And I think you can see that. I mean, she's a, a strong stayer at a mile, isn't she, clearly, having well testing ground at Royal Ascot and with a bit of cut in the ground, well, quite a bit of cut in the ground, uh, at um, Goodwood yesterday. But it was a messy race, but I think we learned a lot of things about various horses. I think Alcohol Free did well to win, bearing in mind that she was stuck on the outside. I'm sure that Sheen Murphy would have wanted to tuck in and get more cover earlier. Um, But it it, it did mean that she was able to, to go through that race without getting agitated by that. Earlier in the season, I was wondering whether she might go the wrong way with that um, tendency of hers to, to go a bit freely, but very much not. I mean, she did well to really knuckle down and run past Poetic first. And whatever, and whichever way you look at it, clearly Alcohol Free is a filly of extremely unusual ability. Uh, Asheen Murphy rides her, rode her beautifully again yesterday, and he, he's with me now. She, there is something slightly unusual about her, Asheen, and I'm trying to put my finger on what it is, aside from the fact that she's very, very good. It's almost as though she's been deceiving us into not realising how how good she might be. Yeah, I think she's progressed a, a lot, uh, Nick, to be honest. From, from last year to now, uh, she's really strengthened up, and she felt brilliant on Saturday, as good as she's ever been, if not better. And 
she's put on quite a bit of weight as well. So hopefully she keeps going the right way. And I remember talking to you earlier in the season, you were saying in in one of her races that she'd become a bit sort of disunited and she wasn't moving quite right. Is, is Are all the bits starting to come together, do you think? Well, even in the Falmouth, if you watch her action, she gets disunited behind numerous times, particularly under pressure. But when there's a little bit more juice in the ground, uh, it doesn't seem to happen. And um, yesterday she was foot perfect. That is interesting. I mean, Andrew was saying that you can't really work her with anything at home because she's too good for everything. And she she's had those entries at six furlongs and now possibly up to up to ten furlongs. What did you make of the the fi- the finishing effort yesterday? Did you feel she was very strong at the line? Well, she's very gutsy and she really stuck her head down for pressure and gritted her teeth and got her ears back. Uh, certainly for me, she's always been a miler. But obviously the options are a little bit limited for her. And Jeff Smith has won the uh, Judd Mall International before with Arabian Queen. And uh, they've obviously kept her in the race. You know, there are other targets, something like the Haydock Spring Cup could be on the agenda. But it's a long time before the QE2 at Ascot. And I suppose that would be a lovely way to, to finish her season. And there can't be many horses you've ridden where you could actually realistically say, yeah, you could run in the Haydock Sprint Cup and or you could run in the Judmont International. I don't suppose you've, you've ridden many like that. No, no, that's for sure. I mean, uh, were she to line up at Haydock, you think she could be uh, one of the favourites and, and realistically she could win. Uh, so look, she's very, very exciting. What was her decisive weapon, do you think, that, that won yesterday's race? Because it, it was a bit of a mess tactically. Sure, it's just how much she finds for pressure. She, Some horses have a burst of a furling or two, but she can sustain an effort for a long time. And, uh, you know, she did well to pick up. Um, I, it was messy in behind. And, okay, she relaxed with cover around the turn and we got racing early enough, but uh, she had to be she had to be good. And Goodwood, kind to you this year. It was unkind to you last year. It's that sort of a place, but... Was there extra satisfaction from yesterday's win? Sure there was. I mean, I had a terrible Tuesday and I walked out yesterday, tried to have an open mind and I won that Arabian race and then I had her to look forward to. And uh, yeah, it's always nice to get winners there. I mean, I've I've ridden more winners at Goodwood than anyone else over the last five years, but I, I have found the <laughs> glorious meeting challenging in the past and... Uh, and this year is no different. But the Fallon always used to do this, didn't he? Because he always used to say how much he hated the place, and then you'd look down and realise he'd ridden about five times more winners than anybody else. It, 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 it's, it's just it must get into your brain sometimes. Yeah, and you know, I always find it's a place you either sit like first or last, and anywhere in between, you're a hostage to fortune. Uh, and yeah, it's it can be very very tactical, and and when it starts going wrong. Uh, everything seems to fall apart but we had some i had some good rides yesterday and hopefully looking forward to friday and saturday as well yeah good to chat and um, thanks so much for your time machine cheers nick now the 
prize money at Glorious Goodwood is high, and the victory of Alcohol Free in the Sussex Stakes meant that Andrew Balding was right on the cusp of Charlie Appleby for 2021, and in fact he overtook him for annual earnings in the very next race. Two million six hundred eighty-one thousand nine hundred seventy-seven plays two million six hundred forty-three thousand and eighty-one. Balding's got such a powerful team with more horses to come. It is not beyond the bounds of possibility that we have a new name on the on the champion trainer's honour roll this year and it would be a notable achievement as well because he would be emulating his father Ian who was a champion trainer many moons ago in the era of Mill Reef. So what do we make of the other runners in the race? Poetic Flair being the horse with the biggest reputation coming into the Sussex Stakes. Were you disappointed with him or did you think he ran satisfactorily? I thought he ran satisfactorily. Uh, I thought he ran probably up to the kind of level of form that he's shown, for instance, when uh, finishing second to his stable companion, Max Sweeney, at the Curra. Um, a bit better than he ran uh, behind St Mark's Basilica in the French uh, 2000 Guinness. I don't. I think he's at his best with a strong pace on fast ground, and I think you can add something else into Goodwood, and I think this was the major factor there. I don't think he handled the track at all. I think uh, alcohol-free, the way she was built, much more suited to Goodwood than than uh, Poetic Flair, who's an impressive-looking horse. Um, uh, uh, you know, you could argue perhaps they should have seen the the connection should have seen the lack of pace angle coming, and maybe added a horse in a pacemaker in to try and make it a more strongly, truly run race. They could have done without the showers, but nonetheless, I think that the track is not going to be Poetic Flair's favourite place, and I can see him bouncing back to the top level of his form when granted the right conditions later on in the season. He would be interesting over 10 furlongs as well. His grandsire, New Approach, had a bit of a mid-season blip and then roared back with that signature performance in the Champion Stakes then run at Newmarket. I wonder if we can expect something similar, but over what distance do you think it'll be? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I think he'd be perfectly effective over 10. He's a, he's a strong stare at a mile, isn't he? So it's a mile and upwards that very much is, is going to be his bag. I I think this is a, a, a consistently very good horse who has um, some uh, requirements that see him be absolutely brilliant. But no matter what he encounters, he produces a very high level of form. So I, I'm very much a fan of Poetic Flair. I like how, how tough he is, how often he faces races, how he gives his running, how he tries hard. So, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't even call this a blip. I don't think it is one. Um, I think he will he will be, he is a major factor in all the top races from eight to ten furlongs for the rest of the season. Now, Richard Hannon on this podcast earlier this week said that Snow Lantern had worked awfully but he, he, he said that she always worked awfully, so that, to his mind, meant that she was in good form. However, she ran, albeit respectably, I thought somewhat listlessly and without the kind of gusto and enthusiasm that's characterised her efforts so far. Well, a couple of thoughts about that. I was discussing this with Martin Dixon on Racing TV beforehand. They did make a lot, didn't they? You'll remember, after the foul mistakes, about how integral Sean Levy has been to the development of this horse. She's basically never taken a step at home or abroad without Sean Levy on her back. Now, of course, because of Sean Levy having to fashion an exit for the trouble he got into in the foul mistakes, he got a six-day ban, and that ended up, because No Lantern hasn't gone for the Nassau today, 
with him having to be deputised for by Jamie Spencer yesterday. And obviously, this is nothing against Jamie Spencer. I'd be saying it, you know, whoever was riding her. But was she? They talked about her being a filly that needed knowing. You know, does is is Sean Levy much more an advantage that we can readily perceive on this filly? Also, I I didn't think that the stop start pace was was ever going to really help her. Um, if it, it was, was running into a sort of steadily run race or a stop-start race, which is what happened, combined with Goodwood, combined with trying to get her to settle, it was a, really an accident waiting to happen. In the end, I thought she ran perfectly respectably in third, shaping like she does one further. So what's the end game for her, do you think? Um, well, I think you need to be going for, for all the, the, the sort of top 10 furlong races. And then might they be thinking, I mean, that, it was interesting to hear Ed Sackville yesterday talking about wanting to keep her in training as a four-year-old and comparing her to Frankel. Now, he said, you know, obviously, I don't mean in terms of ability, but you can see some, some comparisons in terms of the fieriness of attitude and trying to take them up through the, the distances steadily. It might be as a result of that that they go th- up in distance to 10 furlongs rather sooner than perhaps Ed was envisaging when he actually said that uh, uh, yes at the moment she's only got an entry in the matron stakes over a mile at the Curra. so you wonder whether something like the opera might be a a suitable target at the end of the season would that oh, would that be something that you'd, you'd think would be a good target for her why not definitely particularly if the ground wasn't wasn't too deep i suggest good ground would probably suit her better particularly over over that trip um they could go to america i suppose Mm. Um, you know, uh, particularly around you know around the turning track over a mile and a half. You know, ten furlong fillies, fillies that have shown their best form in Europe over ten furlongs, can be very effective in that those kind of circumstances. I just wonder whether they think that might be a year too soon for her mentally. Well, the the Breeders' Cup filly in Mayor Turf at Delmar is a short one normally, so it's a nine furlong race. Mm. Yes, so that might be okay for her. It might even be a little bit sharp. Um, it might be. I wonder whether all roads are leading to trying that maybe in, in 2022. Let's have a quick word on, on what's happening today. Uh, there there won't be a dry eye in the house, certainly not in William Jarvis's if Lady Bothorpe wins the wins the Nassau Stakes, but he's got another very talented, tough filly in Ordaria up against her and then they've both got to give weight to a classic winner in Joan of Arc. Yes, and Joan of Arc is clearly well suited by uh, this trip. Uh, she was particularly strong in the final furlong of the Diane when she really knuckled down and he asked Mendisabel to win. Um, I, I'm wondering who's going to go forward. Is it going to be her? Is she going to, to, to make the running? Um, I wondered about that. Uh, it, it, it's going to require someone to, to go there. Um, Odaria can be prominent. You're not going to be seeing Lady Bothorpe making the running. I think she is best with very patient waiting tactics, as does Ziada. So I think you'll be looking towards um, Joan of Arc to potentially make the running. And she could be in the absolute key position for Ryan Moore. You could see him trying to control that race. That said, he is facing uh, a filly in Lady Bothorpe who clearly has got a deadly turn of foot. So he wouldn't want to make it you know, so steady that that, that, that that turn of foot is actually played to rather than played against. Lady Bothorpe has clearly already went over nine furlongs in the Dahlia where she, finished a, she beat a filly who was good over ten furlongs in Queen Power. So I'm pretty confident about the trip for her. Um, she was a strong finisher there over nine in the rising final furlong at Newmarket. There's enough encouragement in the pedigree to say that she'll improve for it. And Odaria is a proper Group 1 filly. Uh, she's won the um, the uh, John Romanet. She's been third in the opera. She went to America and won. And that was a really good opening bid for her season when second behind Love in a race that Love controlled from the front. So, you know, this is, a, this is an intriguing race. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, 
um, I can see. I think it it will probably be between those those three, uh, and I think that the the race may play out to be a battle between Lady Bothorp and Joan of Arc, even though I respect Ordaria very much, and she has got course form. I just wanted your observations on Goodwood so far, generally. Obviously, challenges with the weather, which ruled Stradivarius out of the first day. I argued about this with Jane Mangan uh, yesterday. Uh, I'd still like to have seen him run. Anyway, that's gone now. We, we were, I agree. I would have done so. I totally agree with you. I mean, what, what was your take on it? Um... There'd been a lot of rain. There'd been a lot of rain on the Sunday. They'd had some more rain as well, and there were fears that the ground was going to be very testing indeed. Um, I mean, we're talking about a seven-year-old who presumably doesn't have many dances left. So you can see that the connections might want to run him where they feel everything is in his favour. Um, but at the same time, you can see that the other way around. You know, why wouldn't you roll the dice? Clearly, last year's Gold Cup at Ascot, it was testing ground. He put up a career-best performance. And the ground turned out to be, I think, not as heavy as people were fearing it was. And I don't know whether... I, I know that John Gosson walked the course, so presumably he was being ruled by that, rather than the first race time, which suggested on the first day that the ground was heavy. It was a total crawl. I think overall, on reflection, if you look at the, the first race times, it, we were talking about soft ground, and personally, I would have been prepared to roll the dice in those circumstances. But, you know, the people who pay the bills are the ones who make the decisions. I just think I'd have made a different one, but it, it's hard to say when you're not actually making it, but I think I would have done. So no danger that Batash won't go and make it five in the in the King George Stakes tomorrow, Friday. Um, he's quite a big price, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's been an overreaction, hasn't there, to his defeat at, at Royal Ascot, where there, were, there was a, a pace burn-up. Um, you know, he... He hit, he was always more prominently positioned than the horses that um, were involved at the finish. He also made a move for home much earlier than than those those horses. I thought he ran really well in fourth. He's particularly well suited to this track. It's Ed Arkell, um, the clerk of the course here at Good was was expecting good to soft ground for the start of the day, and so it is. There's chances of isolated showers, and we skirted a couple of showers or a couple of showers skirted around us yesterday. So there's always a chance that you'll catch one. But at the moment, I don't think the, the ground will be a, a, a big disadvantage for Batash, and he's back on a, a course that very, very much suits him. Up against Batash, we've got Glass Slippers. I'm really excited to see her return, the winner of the Breeders' Cup um, turf sprint at the end of last season. Dragon Symbol, of course, is there, the horse that was first past the post in the Commonwealth Cup. So this isn't going to be a procession. It is going to be a horse race. So yes, Batash in that sprint tomorrow. Yes, Glass Slippers, the Breeders' Cup turf sprint winner also the two fillies trained by john quinn who've been running against each other all season the temple stakes and the king's stand liberty beach and keep busy and john son and assistant sean gave me a quick update i wouldn't mind seeing more rain i know it's not um it's not completely set in stone that they'll get heaps more rain but um th there is the potential for for, for more showers and, and the odd thunderstorm and if if that came then obviously that that would um dampen the chances of Batash and, and both of our fillies are very effective on soft and heavy ground um, I'm not sure that we were always going to head in that direction with Keep Busy, she's entered an enlisted race at Chester on Sunday but um, having spoken with Dad this evening um, he, he's 
said that he'd like to, to, to head for Goodwood with Keep Busy, given the way that the, the ground is. And, and Liberty Beach won the, the Temple Stakes uh, on very testing ground earlier in the year. Sean Quinn there, son of trainer John, and they've got high hopes of big runs from Liberty Beach and Keep Busy in tomorrow's race against Batash. Well, it wasn't just alcohol-free who won for trainer Andrew Balding yesterday at Goodwood. There was, in many ways, just as significant a winner a little later on, albeit in not quite such a high-profile race. Akeloise looks a filly to follow. She handled the step up to 10 furlongs with great aplomb, and she runs in the familiar green and yellow colours of the Thurlow Thoroughbred Syndicate. But this is a syndicate that's a little bit special because she's part of three horses who are raising money for the Royal Marsden, pioneering cancer treatment and research facility in the UK, and its new Oak Cancer centre. 25% of the owner's prize money go that way and they've already raised between them £28,000. James Stafford has been uh, part and and parcel of Thurlow Thoroughbred since its inception, since founding it with his his wife Nikki and this is a a new venture very close to their hearts and James is with me now. Uh, James, this is a a life-affirming story and and very important work being done for the Royal Mars and just tell me a little bit about your own association with it. Oliver, my Oliver Paul, my brother-in-law, is on the board uh, for the Oak uh, the Oak Centre, and he's uh, he suggested that we put a, a syndicate together with uh, uh, with a lot of uh, like-minded. There's a lot of people touched by cancer, as you know, and 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 the, the best best way of putting some money back into it was uh, was the former syndicate, um, and. Find find some horses and, and and give some money to cancer through the through through the through the prize money, and whatever we might earn through through the sale of the horses, and and we had a tremendous response. We we've, we've got uh, I think there's thirty there's thirty people involved in the syndicate, and we sold it very quickly, reasonably quickly, and um, um it's it's been it's, it's worked out very well. It's worked out very well, and very well been better. With the horses turned out to be quite good. Um, Buzz has been an absolute revelation over hurdles uh, last winter, uh, and we've got this, this lovely filly, Achilloise. Achilloise is actually the goddess of ma- the goddess of management of pain, which is a um, poignant, uh, a, a poignant name. And um, and the Remedium uh, is the third horse in the syndicate, and that that looks as it's quite capable of winning race. It was actually second. He was actually second to third realm. If he went on to finish fifth in the derby so we've got three we're very lucky blessed with three uh, three very nice horses you are blessed um you know the work of the royal marsden very well just give people an idea of exactly um what challenges they face trying to, to raise money and what they're doing for for cancer patients well raising money is very very hard um for for all charities especially in the, in, in the last year um, the Oak Centre is a new centre of excellence for for, 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 the, for the treatment of cancer uh, in Sutton. Uh, Seventy million is what they're what they're what they're raising. We've we've raised now twenty eight thousand through the through the prize money we've earned. Um, and it was I mean, to tell you the truth, I had no idea how much we were going to earn. I thought even even if we'd earned five grand at the end of a the year, they'd all been very happy. But uh, we've Reading twenty eight thousand and 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 hopefully more will be a great help to them, and they are very very thankful for it. Uh, and and um, it's, it's 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 very poignant at the moment because Nikki, my wife, is uh, 
uh, after we set the syndicate up, was was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she's being treated by the can- by the uh, Marsden at the moment. So, um, with with radiotherapy, so we've got uh, we've got uh, we've got every reason to make sure we try and make more money. And uh, anyone who has been involved with the Marsden has been treated there, or has had relatives that have been treated there. They always say it, it's not just the the treatment itself, but it's also the emotional support and care that they they give you along the way. It's an extraordinary mm-hmm. extraordinary service. It is, yeah. I mean, that's the first thing Nikki said. My wife said when she came out of, out of the Marsden, it was just the the touch you get the moment you walk in. Everyone is wanting to help. Everyone is there for you. And um, and the treatment is absolutely second to none. And as you rightly say, everyone somewhere knows somebody who's been treated, um, been, who's, had, who's had this terrible disease, and been and been treated not, not always just by the master, but the master is the centre of excellence for for cancer. Well, James, uh, we will be cheering these horses on uh, lustily, and um, I, I wish you and and, and Nikki well in, in these next few weeks and uh, and months. Uh, thanks so much for talking to me. Okay, thank you, Nick. Uh, James Stafford there, and best of luck to the whole team with Achilles for the rest of the season. Two wins for Andrew Balding yesterday. Uh, She and uh, Alcohol Free. I wonder how popular they were with our friends on the World Pool. Jamie Hart can can update us. Was it a good day yesterday for you, Jamie? It was a fantastic day yesterday. We had um, our biggest biggest turnover day since um, since Royal Ascot, actually, because of all those races making up into the full number of seven or more runners. And it's a great day for the tote. I think the the whirlpool overpaid on the SP on the on, at, at, for people biting directly with the tote on every race. Uh, we beat the exact to beat the forecast on every race except for uh, Illustrating's race, and then and the trifecta beat the tricast on every race. So, so it's a, a real big day for those people that were looking at the whirlpool for a bit of value. And in terms of what we can look forward to today. Yeah, I think again the ones that people are looking out for are these kind of uh, these races that end up going over broke. Jamie, just just for those who are tuning in for the first time, um, or, or have stumbled across us in some way, just explain what you mean by that. Yeah, so um, in a in a normal in a normal with a normal bookmaker, if we were betting heads or tails, you'd have even money each of two. So and that comes to a hundred percent market, fifty percent on each. And so there's nothing in it for the bookmaker, and nothing in it for the customer. That is a very fair market. Most most markets will be a hundred and fifteen percent. The bookmaker's bet to about one and a half percent a runner. That's in the favour of the bookmaker. And if at any point a, a, a race book gets to less than a hundred percent, it means that it's in favour of the customer. So the customer can effectively, if he bets the right amounts everywhere, bet everything in the race and make a profit. And because of the unique makeup of the the blend of the UK market that's setting at one price and then the whirlpool that's sitting at a completely different set of prices. When you blend the two, you can bet all of the all of the runners and come out in front. So it means, you know, for once in your life, you, you know that the, the bookmaker isn't the one with the advantage. It, it's, it's you just by these kind of unique setups where the whirlpool is so different from the domestic market. And there's plenty of money in there, of course, you know, because we, we're running at it was over two million pounds bet into each race yesterday, so there's there's proper liquidity there. It's not like you're going to have your twenty quid on and see the price move. Well, Lydia's still with me, and Lydia, you've got a tip for today. I'm guessing it'll be somewhere at Glorious Goodwood. No, it isn't. I'm going to the Racing League, Nick. Aha, aha! Well, it's yes. a it's a very good punting card. 
It really is, actually. I mean, the one thing that's going to be in... Oh, not the one thing. One of the things that's going to be in the Racing League's favour, I think, is that they are definitely going to have punters on side. And, you know, if they're producing full 12 runner fields. Now, of course, Racing Inc. could do that without the concept of the Racing League overlayered on top. So clearly, from the Racing League's point of view, they're going to have to bring something extra to this experience that marks them out as different. But from a punting perspective, what's not to like about uh, uh, six very, very competitive races with full fields? So, which of the six races have you chosen to have a bet in? Leave it till the last. Guess, guess which one that is. That is the extended twelve furlong handicap. Oh, I think I know. I think I know which horse you're going to go for. Go on, guess it. Is it Mister Curiosity? No. No. It is not. It is not. It is in the breeze for Roger Charlton, who was a good winner at Newbury last time, well on top at the finish. I uh, don't think the race would have been absolutely ideal for him. I think he did well to get on top, and I think he won with a, with an air of ease about it as well. Uh, I think he's going to be suited by an extended 12 furlongs. Clearly, the Tapita is an unknown, but uh, I, I just see no reason why he won't act on it. So that's um, in the breeze in the 8.55 at Newcastle. Lydia, thank you very much. Thank you very much also to James Stafford, to Asheen Murphy and to Sean Quinn and, of course, Jamie Hart. We will be back to do it all over again tomorrow. That was Thursday, July the 29th. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.